magic. Just hang. So this is, uh, welcome to Trash South Street. Trash South Street episode, what were we, 91? 93, I think. 93. Ooh. I remember that year. Yeah. <laughs> I hate when people say that. Yeah. 1993, that was a great oh. year. That's horrible. Part it's, of- it's horrible when, one of the things we talked about last time was, is basically favorite horror franchise. Yeah. And after we talked about franchises and how no one mentioned the X-Files... Mm-hmm. And I was talking to... We forgot a couple big ones. Yeah. I forget what they are now. But, but X-Files was sort of the big one in that. Yeah. yeah. But I was talking to someone, a younger person, who literally said, had no idea. I think they thought I was talking about the X-Men. Oh, God. And they're like, oh, the comic books that they made? The, I was like, no, it's okay. I was like, it's okay, dude. This was just sort of a... I was just sort of taking it the temperature. Mm. Ooh, jinx. Speaking of which... Speaking of X-Men... Did you see that Ethan Van Skyver thing? Because he has that like comic gate. I don't know what I, I don't follow the comic universe as much, mm. like barely anything. But anyway, he was on. They do like some kind of like Zoom meeting looking thing, like discussion. And he was talking about like how you should just line up the Asians and shoot them. Like Ooh. it was like all fucking weird. And yeah. I forgot that like Ethan Van Skyver, I think, got like kicked off Greenland. Like he got kicked off for yeah. being like. Really kind of controversial mm-hmm. and stuff he said, aka he's a fucking racist. But yeah, I just saw this bit of him on Twitter, just like, just line up against one, wall put you, put you, just start. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm making a horrified face, yeah. by the way. What the fuck? Wow, what a fun way to start a podcast. I know. It's beautiful. Today is the first day of spring. Yes. This will be our April Fool's podcast by the time Ooh. we come out. Guess what, Jamie? What? I'm eating... Baby mice, Ooh, April Fool's. Oh, but you are eating baby mice. Yes, they are. <laughs> You're like little pinkies. It's okay. They're uh, they're dipped in <laughs> green beer because it's also sort of the St. Patrick's Day, mm-hmm. which I feel like completely went under the radar this year. If, Where would if, I this way, if there wasn't an event in Animal Crossing that allowed me to dress as a leprechaun, I would have no idea what St. Patrick's we, Day. Um, we did takeout last week at um, Iron Hill, yeah. and so it's kind of a pain in the ass sometimes getting down there, so I had Mark drive, and then I jumped out and, and um, grabbed the food. But anyway, Phoenixville, um, they like must have been having bar hops mm-hmm. or like bar crawls or something, because yeah. it was all, I was like, oh, it's not like... Like, I guess they'll do it this weekend and next weekend, because mm-hmm. it's in the middle I of the I saw a lot of people out this weekend, actually, yeah. as I was driving about my day. Did you party? Did you, like, eat your Irish potatoes and, like, put um, shamrocks on your wee-wee and I, um, put a I did something. On? I used a cucumber for something that I shan't talk about. Ooh, but it's... A salad? It's green. And it's sort of, <laughs> yeah, well, woe behold to whoever eats that salad later. Mm. No, but I would like to tell, like, sort of, it's a, it's not quite a story, but it was an interesting experience I had earlier this week, and that would be my first COVID vaccine. Oh, yeah. So tell us about the COVID so, vaccine. So, in and of itself, there's not much to tell. I went to Montgomery County Community College, Motco. Mm, I'm familiar. Um, I'll be there Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. I made 
I, I pre-registered. Oh, you like, had to go to the, the new building. In January, went to the new building. Yeah, is that new building amazing? I was like, this would be a really nice. That's place. my I, building. That's a building yeah, I go into. It's just, absolutely nothing's going on. You can see all the gym equipment that is. The gym is like used. amazing. It's so yeah. awesome looking. So it's in the gym. Beginning of January, um, and then finally got the got the notification like two days before I was eligible. And I was like, ooh, this is exciting. I was all excited. But then like five other people I knew all got the vaccine at the same time. Mm. Uh, those are J&J people. They're like uh, nouveau riche uh, for vaccines. I'm a Pfizer man myself. But anyway, so it's, you know, they got the system worked out. It's pretty good. You stand in line. They screen you and all this stuff. But what I realized is, Jamie, mm-hmm. we've all been conditioned to this type of scenario at the beginning of horror movies where there's an epidemic, usually a zombie-related epidemic. Yeah. And the people are lined up and you're standing in line and they're screening you. And while nothing happens, you can imagine the, you know, the scenario where they're like, this one's hot. And they, <laughs> they pull you aside and some people like put a bullet in your head. And I did get to see a guy sort of pull. They were pulling people out of line at random, I think, mm-hmm. and killing them for being <laughs> infected. They, a guy had to, got booted. But he got booted more because he has. He the dressed wrong like day. a grandpa. He was like uh, the dude in the it's, Titanic dressed as a woman. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I am a grandpa. Or, or the people who are dressed as grandma. Yeah, that did happen. So it's weird because it was a, it was a non event, but it was very, like I said, you've seen this scene in every horror movie or every sci fi movie where there's a viral epidemic of some sort, and you line up and you wait, and then they send you, and then they're, you know, you have the fifteen minutes to see if you have a reaction to it. Yeah. How long did it take you from start to finish? It took me probably, it might have taken 45 minutes, and that includes the 15-minute wait. Mm -hmm. Um, There wasn't much of a line when I got there, but there was one after. And the only thing that really sucks is because a lot of old people are still getting the vaccine. You see these people who can barely walk having to hike up Mm, and they wait outside. And some of them, like the the nursing staff, will come out with wheelchairs. Those fucking selfish old people can't walk, (laughs) jump the line. And I was like... This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> Except I wasn't because there were also sheriffs there watching to make sure nothing bad happened. Um, the handful of times I've been on campus this semester, yeah, like a lot of old people having like a lot of, tr- not a, mm-hmm. everybody, but a lot of trouble, like a, uh, mm-hmm. some wheelchairs, some walkers and stuff yeah. like that. I kind of feel bad. Now, the best part of the experience was mm-hmm. it was all old people waiting in line. The ultimate fucking old people discussion. Oh, God. Like, oh, you know... Janet is trying to have another baby, and I'm like, you should wait. Yeah, I took my metformin. Can you believe the doctor says? And it was like a cacophony of that, and I like almost started to laugh at one point. I actually had to kind of bury my face in my sleep. Um, my arm was really sore for two days. Like, was it from like, the shot or jerking off? Well, both. I mean, I saw those monkeys jerking off at there. All the spider monkeys, and it got me riled up. No, um, it was in the muscle they shot me up in, and it's like you ever had like a you know a sore muscle from working out, and you can kind of stretch it out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the first part of that, mm-hmm. it was like a pain, but it was you know if I had a real person job instead of playing with a computer all day, yeah. basically, um, it would have been an issue. But yeah, I've been trying to get the vaccine. Uh huh. And I'm just putting in that I am a healthcare worker because I, uh-huh. as I'm a, obviously I kind of am. And now I'm just getting worried if we have clinicals next semester, I'm going to get fucked because I don't have my vaccine. But at the same time, like, shouldn't 
the program itself kind of like should try to get you vaccine. Like I can't get any, I, I got close the first day. Mm-hmm. I went to, I was on Rite Aid yeah. and it gave me a menu to pick a date. And I was yeah. like, oh shit, picked a date. And it just spun and spun and uh, spun and spun for like five, ten minutes. I mm-hmm. went to refresh and it was like all appointments uh, are not available or whatever. So I've been like trying to. I have my name in like three different mm-hmm. spots and just haven't heard anything back. So we got this email mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, you guys have an opportunity if you guys took your um, one test that you got that you could go and give vaccines. All right. Okay. No one in our class, no one in our whole like class of Nursing 112 has taken this test. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. think we take it until the end of the, the semester. So mm-hmm. wouldn't you be like, thanks? You don't even know that we aren't, like, we can't take, we can't take this job opportunity? Yeah. I just thought it was weird. I don't know. I think that that pays good money for... Well, this would be... Um, and, and you could have some for yourself. That's really the... the, the no, you weren't getting paid. You were just... No, no, some. Some vaccine. For uh, you. And, you know, it's like one for you, one for me. <laughs> yep, that's what I'd do. Two for you, and you're like, you could shoot... Va- I like wouldn't mind doing it. it. If I, like, was more... If you, if I, like, mm-hmm. kind of knew what I was supposed to be doing mm-hmm. or how to take, a like, our training, mm-hmm. I would do it. I would have But I would say, yeah, it's my understanding that if you're, you know, you're not a student doing it for the experience, if you're uh, someone who has a nursing degree... The credential that allows you to do it, it's good money for relatively, I mean, I guess... A day's work, you know? Yeah, other, or a yeah, other than work. the risk of maybe getting infected. But, yeah. But I do think, yeah, you should be able to get it somewhere. You could probably... I, as I said, I have my name in for one place in King of Prussia. I have, I've tried Rite Aid. Um, I've tried Wegmans. I have this place in Kimberton I've tried mm-hmm. that my name's on a list. And um, Audubon Pharmacy. Oh, yeah. Um, um, so I'm just trying to get the little places. There's a... I don't know if you use it. It's a website. It's I think it's called Vaccine Finder. Yeah, and it has like the list and shows you all the pictures, and you can click on it. That's what I've been doing. Ah. Um, but mm. it's just been next to impossible mm. to find a uh, like everyone I know that has taken has gotten it either is like in the medical field mm-hmm. or like they got it through their job yeah. more or less. I'm presuming you got it through your. job. No, I did not. Oh really? Um, there's a lot of irony there because yeah. makes sense then. Of what I do and other things I <laughs> yeah, can Yeah, I honestly talk about. thought you got it for your job. No, I got it because of um, pre-existing conditions, well, yeah. which is big dick syndrome. Yeah. They're like, this man, let's preserve this piece of... <laughs> no! Hypopenia. How about we, we inject everybody? <laughs> or hyperpenia. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. That's me. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe we should, we should vaccinate people with... Our knowledge of music enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I have kind of three. I guess I have more than you, so I should probably yes. just go so. first. So a bunch of shit came out. Mm-hmm. There, I could have done like ten um, or more. Uh-huh. It just seemed like everything came out at once, and I kind of stumbled acro- across different bands mm-hmm. and stuff. But it's been a good month, music-wise. Yeah. So I'm going to start off with Colossus. It's kind of, it's not a super group, but it's uh, singer Tom Sheedan, Sheenahan or something is from the band Indecision and Most Precious Blood. But the two, uh, so Mind Force, the guitar and drummer from Mind Force are in this band and Pillars of Ivory, uh, the drummer and the bassist. So it's Mm kind of like a a, a mishmash of those two bands. I think a bunch, a couple of them were in Age of Apocalypse. The movie Age of Apocalypse? No, the band. And this band is Colossus. So they are oh, huge right. X-Men fans. Mm. If you like Mind Force, you might like this band. If you like Filth, you might like this band. I, for some reason, 
really love this this release. It's really quick. It's mm -hmm. like five minutes. Um, it starts off with King is Dead. And it has like this groove metal feel along with hardcore. Bass is kind of leading the song. Um, this band really reminds me if Filth meets Madball or Sick of It All. That's just what it reminds me of. I really enjoy it. Uh, Miles Away has this cool groovy bass line going on. Savior, more of the same. Um, there's only so much you could say about a five minute release. As I said, it's like groove metal, hardcore, like punk. There's it, so much going on, but I really like the dude's vocals because it just reminds me of Filth, and I'm a mm -hmm. big Filth fan. It's like my one music tattoo I have a yeah. Filth tattoo. The bass is almost like the lead instrument. It kind of everything follows that, and they even said that on No Echo. They wanted to do a band where the bass just was like the standout star of it, um, that the bass has like a groove backbone to all the songs, and they named it after X-Men Colossus. Yeah. So yeah, I really dig this. I really love the groove metal feel. I love the vocals. As there's just something about it I can't put my finger on. It just, just works in mm. all the instruments and everything just like complements each other. It's almost like a less metallic feel mad ball with Jake from Filth's vocals. Mm -hmm. I said it's not too metal, it's not too super hardcore, it has like a little punk running through, it kind of, uh, it's just heavy and I, and I dig it. That is Colossus mm. Demo 2021. Uh, this came out in, said November, I honestly didn't get the 7 inch until earlier this mm. month. Um, and they're on Triple B uh, Records and I think they're out of Poughkeepsie, New York, they're out of New York. Right. So yeah, Colossus, so if that kind of sounds interesting you, pick up Colossus's Demo 2021. It sounds like a bunch of dorks to me. Yeah. Did you listen to this? Is an aside, the the turned out of punk with uh, Joe Manganiello? No, I have not. So you know who Joe Manganiello is. Mm -hmm. You know he's also like a really big like D and D player. Like super I did. Big. I've heard, I think I've heard an interview with him before on something else. I don't remember what. But. So he was talking about towards the end of the interview, and he's like, you know who plays in my D and D group? Tom Morello, Rage Against really? the Machine. He's like. There, he's like, there's nobody more harder into fucking D&D &D than Tom Morello. So weird. It's, it's, it's really surreal. He's like, <laughs> but I was like, oh, that I'll just... have to listen to it. I listened to the Jello one. I was I did, yeah, halfway I through. Yeah. It's not bad. Mm. It's just Jello being Jello. Yeah. He had an album coming out. The Guantanamo School of yeah. Medicine, I think, has one coming out. Did you see the Hard Times article where, like, kid tries to prank Jello Biafra and ends up being on the phone with him for an hour no, or really. something like that? Like, <laughs> It's awesome. <laughs> Um, you want me to go again, or... Uh... Well, I got, like, um... I can go again. Yeah, go again. So, Regional Justice Center, it's a band we've talked about yes. here a bunch of times. They had okay. a new e uh, new full-length out. Full-length equals, um, like, 15, 16 minutes. And it's there out of Seattle, Washington. This is their seventh release. They've been around since 2016, 2017. And this new one is called Crime and Punishment, and it's on Closed Casket Activities. Um, this is their sophomore full-length album, mm -hmm. as I said it comes in at a whopping like 16 minutes the guy behind it is ian shelton um and it was pretty much started as an outlet outlet over his frustration over his brother's incarceration in 2016 mm. another person not that i don't personally know uh steph that's it jerkova she's in punitive damage mm -hmm. I, yeah i think she's the bass the bass player mm -hmm. bassist bassist or drummer yeah. i'm not exactly sure so anyway i've reviewed this band a bunch of times and i was pretty happy that this came out yeah. they're metal they're hardcore they're power violence and grind um i would say this is pretty much straight up power violence yes. um they kind of took that turn to just straight power violence and they, they do it well i enjoyed it do 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 it starts off with taught to steal and bam it just like hits you with a fucking wall of sound wall of guitars and drums with like 
barked and growled vocals, and then the breakdown happened. Yeah. <laughs> Dust Off. I think that might have been one of their singles, air quote singles. Um, the drum is like a relentless machine gun, and then it gets all sludged up. Absence is one of my favorite songs. Um, I have it as like power violence meets sludgy doom with a little groove. Mm-hmm. Um, Inhuman Joy, that is probably my favorite um, song on the album. It's a little different. It's a little more slow. It's angry. It's almost like deviant hardcore. You can understand his lyrics pretty well. It's a really cool song. Uh, Conquest, hardcore mixed with power violence. Conquest. Concrete, more of like a groove metal riff to it with guitar and bass. Solvent kind of um, doesn't end there, but it's one of the last songs. It's just like barrage of sound. Bam, catch your breath uh, during the, the crazy cool ba- bass riff. And then it's over. Mm. Dot, dot, dot. And Punishment. It's the longest song on the album. I think like a whole three minutes or something. Mm. Um, and it's got everything in there. Um, I fa- I, li- I really like this band. I think it's the mm-hmm. best release they've come out with. I like, I have Stop, Catch Your Breath. This has everything. I love it. Power, not, power, ugh, power violence. Noise, grind, sludge, hardcore. Every time I listen to it, I want to listen again. I pick out like different mm. things. I'm like, oh, it's kind of like sludgy and doom right here. Mm. Um, it's heavy musically and lyric- lyrically. Um, it's like very heavily political mm-hmm. with his brother and the prism s- prison system. The prism system would yeah, be a little weird. <laughs> I love following this band, and each release seems to get better and better. Yeah, I, I really like it. It's really mm-hmm. quick. If this, If you like Power Violence, I think this is yeah. a really good album to listen to if you're into that stuff so regional justice center they're keep getting better and better and better yeah. i love them awesome awesome sauce awesome so what do you have oh where should we start so this band mm-hmm. in this album is called narcissist spelled n-r-c-s-s-s-t all capital no vowels is it, it kind of like a riot girl the narcissist Possibly. I don't know. So, this came out <laughs> February 12th. It's a four-piece out of Atlanta, Georgia. And, what, the ghost? <laughs> that just sounded like and someone The upstairs isn't fucking loud today. I don't know what it is. It's a four-piece. Mm-hmm. Male, female, share vocals. Uh, the man is Dan Dixon, who produces a lot of stuff. His name sounded familiar. I, you see him a lot. I'm sorry, he produces a lot of stuff. I looked at his... Um, discography uh-huh it's a lot of punk stuff like he did like the queers i think was a big one hmm. he's actually on like it's like either a ccr or a crosby stills and nash album like he won oh. apparently he's a platinum record for whatever well but he's done a, a million things cool and he sings in bands um the female vocalist is stephanie luke okay have you ever heard anything else by stephanie luke i don't know you have oh because stephanie luke is the drummer and vocalist from the Coat Hangers. Oh, okay. This is another side project by another Coat Hanger. I thought I did one. I should do the other. And when Meredith Franco comes out with her horrorcore band, Mary Death, oh, God. I'm going to do that one too. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> it's funny because I thought when I first listened to it, when I was mm-hmm. boxing or whatever, I just heard the dude singing. Yeah. And then I'm like, am I listening to the same band? Is there a girl singing now? Like, well, I, I didn't realize they were doing... Um... And, and the songs change up quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. So. So it does open with All I Ever Want, Wanted. Starts with Stephanie's vocals. It has this fun, energetic, energetic feeling. Reminds me a bit of Giant Dog. I can um, see that, yeah. For a while, it was driving me crazy as to who <coughs> she reminded me of, I mean, Stephanie Luke. And I wasn't like, oh, she sounds a lot like the, the drummer from the Coat Hangers. Um, 
I think I settled on uh, Alex Candle of uh, Sleeper Agent. Uh, I've seen that a little it's bit. It's the closest I could get. Huh. I don't think that's quite right either, but she, she definitely, in her vocals and her styling, especially on that song, reminds me of something. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. And it's fair to say this album might be the most 80s album ever not recorded in the 80s. <laughs> and, you know, there are a lot of um, dweep dweeps, a lot of 80s guitar with these, you know, kind of crazy little bloated riffs. But it does, it works. It sounds good. Yeah, I really liked it. Don't Know Me, the second song, has this really, like, thick bass line and uh, a guitar reminiscent of Steve Maker of Garbage. Mm, okay. A little bit. And then... One of my two favorite songs, Love Suicide. Oh, okay. Yeah, Love Suicide has song. this real, it's like the catwalk song. It's what you'd be strutting to, at, you know, during fashion week. And it kind of has like a, almost an LCD sound system vibe. I can tell you. And a lot of the that, songs yes. in here kind of remind me of LCD, LCD, L LCD sound system. LCD sound system. Mm -hmm. Not to be confused with LCD. The plasma sound system. <laughs> no. Um, Joe Manganello's character on True Blood was Alcide. Mm. The werewolf. Anyway, that's beside the point. Yeah, yeah, Love Suicide is really fun. Like I said, it has attitude. It's swanky. After those three songs, we see a bit of a personality shift, and we kind of see what this album is really going for, which is Synth City USA. Yeah, I can see And that. like I said, there are lots of dweep dweeps, especially with uh, the songs Room and Sapphire. And it doesn't make it, but it's very different. That's actually why I decided to review this album, because it is so different. It is really different. Um, I told you, like, I listened to it two different mm -hmm. times, and at one point in time, I'm like, did I put on the same yeah. album? Yeah. Sunday Girl, which is uh, very much a dark wave song. Mm -hmm. And Ride. Now, did you listen to Ride? Was that towards the end? It was the second to last song on the album. I might not have. It is the... Hands down, the best song on the album. I'll play it for you after this yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. As I said, I listened... I thought I listened to most of it, but I... Very, where was Sunday Girl? That's the one before. Yeah, those are all towards the end. So okay. I know I listened to Sunday Girl, but so you probably stopped right before. Probably, Ride, I might. Anyway, so Ride is definitely the banger. Um, it's it's it comes across in the beginning like almost like a Devo okay. song, like very synthy, but a different kind of synthy, more punky, uh, rocky synthy. Uh, then it really takes off. It has a lot of energy, um, very reminiscent of um, X in a way. Like okay. if it's an outtake from an X album. Or if it was Jack and Meg fucking around, you know, behind, you know, I don't know, a, a dumpster in Detroit where the vampires live. You could get it. Now, here's how, here's how you could, you, you know you're going to love this song. There's a lyric. Bottle of pills, handle the booze. So it's a song about getting fucked up and wasted and just tearing ass. It's great. I don't either, but I, I, I'm amazed by people do. So it had a lot of energy. It kind of loses it for me a little bit in that middle section. Listen to the first like three first songs. I'm like, oh, this is really awesome. And then I like it wasn't. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of my mind wandered off a little bit, yeah. and I think that's why I end up like shutting it off a little earlier than. It, yeah, and it is very much like two different albums. Mm -hmm. It is crazy. Um, it suffers a bit from what I like to call Jan Brady syndrome because Marsha Brady is going to be my second band and Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Not to be confused with the band Marsha, Marsha, Marsha that I made up in my head. Okay. Are they as good as uh, Dipole, Dipole and the Oh, I forgot about Dipole, Forces. Dipole and the London Forces or I sit in my band. Uh, my psych band is Fractal Wombat. 
Anyway, but that's beside the point. So, narcissists. What are they um, on? What label? I don't I, think I they're on myself. specifically. Okay. I think. I didn't know if you would know. Yeah, I didn't I... notice. It's wherever Dan Dixon produces out of. And I think Dan Dixon and Stephanie Luke are in a relationship. Ooh. <laughs> Which would make it the second project. Uh, mm. I guess spinoff project from the Coat Hangers. That's a, if not a husband, a wife team, a boyfriend, a girlfriend team. Yeah, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. And now I, w- I want to yeah. listen to the ride song. Well, you'll listen to it after. 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 Anyway. Right. Um, I'm going to go with um, Ryan Monroe, I think. Yeah. So I was really like wanting to chill out and listen. Like uh, band- Bandcamp a couple weeks ago, because this is uh, March 20th, the beginning of, of spring. Last, I think last Friday they mm-hmm. had a Bandcamp. So i just been wanting to listen to like, more chill stuff. And- <coughs> Kind of just sit back and relax, relax. And so um, I just kind of was looking at ambient stuff, and I stumbled upon Ryan Monroe, and he had an album out this uh, month in March called Isolated Bass. Mm-hmm. And I was very turned off at the album cover because it's just a bass like on mm-hmm. a tree in the middle of the forest. I'm like, that's just dumb. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's actually really good, though. Um, and he is out of Melbourne, Australia. Mm. And this is instrumental, ambient, electronic, and bass. It's also his first solo record. He is in a Australian ska slash jazz band called oh. Cat Empire. Oh, all right. Well. Which they have a bunch of stuff on YouTube mm. and such. And they're decent. They're okay. I wouldn't say they're ska. They're more like it's. You should check them out. They're I'll have to interesting. Check it out, yeah. So anyway, that's where he's from. So it starts off with Indium. 49 or 99? I don't can't remember. I, think it was 40, right I don't remember. Probably 49. That's my favorite song of the album. It's really good. Fuzzy, like revab, revab, reverb bass with like a drum machine and a little mellow synth in the background. That one. I'll let you finish this song and then I'll tell Nothing you. Nothing much. I was going to say it's like very chill, kind of trancey, but it just is like a really good start I to the say, album. Not knowing what this album was about at all. Were you like, what the fuck? Is she listening well, to I was like waiting for the so- the music to begin. I thought like, this was nope. like, well, this is a really good intro. <laughs> really long intro. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. Sunny Boy, more of like a higher tune bass guitar. On a can- Sometimes I'm not sure if he's using the bass or just mm-hmm. a higher tune bass or a guitar. Okay has a distorted bass and drum beats and it's a little more upbeat than the first song mm. danny part two really good song bass work is he's almost like writing a lullaby it's sweet mm-hmm. yet morose i just think the bass line just flows with the chorus and the focus on the bass it's a, a large focus on the bass with like very limited drum and mm-hmm. beats and the bass has a solo the last couple minutes. It's very trancy and they're the bass at times you get like a tiny hint like hint of surf guitar yeah, stuff like, yeah. a, like a little bit of it that you're like oh okay mm-hmm. each time I listen to it like little things just kind of pop out my favorite song is Chameleon Soup and it has like a bit of a Cure song riff to it in the very mm-hmm. beginning and then it kind of starts and turns into a t- totally different song they put the synth in there and it sounds really good in a good it sounds really good and that key, that Cure riff just keeps showing up it's very chill ambient vibe to it TR6 this is where it kind of starts to change a tiny, tiny bit. It's like very cool, funky, noir feeling. Um, a song you could hear it like you're driving around. Like it'd be in a soundtrack. Like it's midnight. You have your top down of your convertible. Driving around in the city. Like, just pretty cool. It's smooth. It's slick. Mm-hmm. I like the beat going on. Uh, Take Cover has this like thumping drone beat mixing with uh, like high tune bass strings. 
Um, and it's a buildup of beats. Very trance, very chillaxing. I think it, oh no, that's not the second to last song is Joan of Arc, really mm -hmm. cool. Instead of drum and bass, I would say bass and drum because the yeah. bass is always kind of the focus. Um, and they're jamming with each other. The beats are a little more heavier. And I think it's like the most electro song, electronic yeah. song on the album. And then it ends with Hat Trick, bass and guitar work in the front with beats creeping in the background. And then the drum machine like pretty much kicks in two or three minutes left. And it ends on this like cool, suave, sexy vibe. Mm. And I super love this. Um, I think it's great. Bass and drum ambient, super chill, laid back, trance-like. Each song's a little different. Sometimes, like with electro, not electro, like ambient, you're like, is this the same song? Yeah. But the album just starts with like this desolate, disconnected, sad vibe going through. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you yeah. get this off it. And then it slowly progresses to like this slinky, almost accepting, chill flow to it. Um, I think it's like great background mm -hmm. ambient music that at times will just prick yeah. up your your ears and be like, oh, what was that again? And you'll go and like rewind it mm -hmm. or whatever. But anyway, like I really like this. I thought it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, so it's Ryan Monroe, Isolated Bass. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're looking for something like kind of chill, yet interesting enough to listen to and, and um, you like ambient, mm -hmm. I would check this Yeah, I liked it out. a lot. Yeah. Good stuff. There's really so much you can say about like ambient instrumental yeah. to a point, um, but then there's no there's no singing at all. Mm -hmm. There's no lyrics, but uh. it reminded me a bit, and I think it's just because I don't think there was any influence over there. I've talked about it before. Eric Avery, oh yeah, yeah, uh, did that album Help Wanted, and you know that's it's a bit reminiscent of that. But you got to figure it's it's also that's a solo album written by a bassist. Okay. Yeah, I could see so, that. So it's just something weird. I was like, oh, maybe that's why. But for like a first like solo album go out in his own, I thought it was done like really, yeah. really well. Um, it's not overproduced. Like you could, mm -hmm. it has that raw feeling to it. But yeah, it's really good. So Ryan Monroe. And now we're gonna talk about the Iron Maidens of Heart Sabbath, Kabbalah. <laughs> um, Kabbalah was a band I passed up twice, almost passed up a third time. On the last podcast, I mentioned. I was going to do another doom metal band. Yes. And I was like, but I couldn't take it. This would be that band. I'm glad I kind of gave up looking for other music and listen to this because this album is Fantastic. awesome sauce. Mm -hmm. So Kabbalah is a three piece out of Pamplona, Spain. They've been active since 2013. I think they have three LPs and three EPs. This would be their fourth, their seventh album overall. So I think okay, it's their fourth LP. Like I said, they're a trio, which surprised me because I, like, they sound like a much fuller band. I would have thought there was like five members. Yeah. And also, given the way these songs are structured musically, it makes a lot more sense now. This came out uh, January 15th. Okay. This year. In America, it's put up by Ripple Music, but there's also like Black Witches Records and some other Rebel Webble hmm. Records. I don't know. But it's, I think, uh, yeah, Ripple Music is the U.S. Okay. arm of whatever. Now, to do metal band. But I would say not typical. No, like I wouldn't like seeing doom metal with them. Like I could see a little bit, but not. It's me. Some there's some do, definitely some doomy riffs in there. Yeah. It's more. I would say they're like prog metal, like psych like, metal. Probably like, like psych metal. Um, and what I can say is like you can hear like some of the heaviness to the guitars, but yeah. everything like like doom metal is very sludgy. Yeah. This is not sludgy at no, all. It's crisp. No. Yeah. And I think the way the songs are structured are the music, the instrumentation exists solely to support the vocals and to move things along sort of in a straight line, I guess for lack of a better word. And this is a band where the vocals shine. So they sing like three-part harmony for a lot of stuff. 
the three members of the band, they have these very, it's this very like lilting, ethereal, light voice, but it's also really ominous. And a, yeah, it's almost like, I almost felt like, um, I'm not to interrupt you, like their their vocals were almost an instrument themselves yes. and just melded with everything because it's mm-hmm. like this, I don't want to say monotone because it sounds bad, but it's just kind of this... It's very like, chanty. Yes, yes. And the way this album, like ultimately I figured out, this album reminds me of a, an original soundtrack to a Broadway play. The way the music is, because really? the music, well, the music really in structure... The instruments really back off whenever they're singing and you have very minimal instrumentation. Once I realized they were a three-piece, it made more sense because yeah. they're all playing instruments. So they probably, obviously they're probably not wailing to the same degree when they're all trying to sing. Which um, is weird because when you're doing a recording, it doesn't really matter though. Yeah, you know and I, mean? I think I listened to some of their live stuff. Live stuff mm-hmm. So it's similar. I mean, it's very clear that they probably recorded the vocals and the instruments on different tracks because it's that whole... Uh, Sounded like they were recorded in a different room. Yeah, it did. But good. Yeah, the vocals yeah, not are in a bad room. But yeah, so the first song is feels like soundtrack. Stigmatized, and you know it's very ominous. It's it's unholy. It's unsettling. Towards the end, they start just basically wailing, meaning vocally wailing mm-hmm. for not wailing like. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And it is it is so spooky, especially if you're wandering in the woods. And I literally turned her expecting to see the fucking Mother of Tears there or the Blair Witch. If I had to describe this album in a single word, witchy. I could see that. Yes. Second song, uh, Kaibos is my favorite. Oh, something else to mention is most of these songs do not have choruses. It's very much, for most of these songs, it's very much a straight line. Kaibos actually does have a chorus. The chorus is best. Headline, and it's... Um, I think that and the next song might have been my favorite. Kaibos has this really Sabbathy riff. And when you said heart Sabbathy, yeah, like, I was Sabbath, like, oh, yeah, it's like that's totally rare. Our Kaiba tree, giant trees that grow in Central and South America, and I think they even have it in Mexico. And they're supposed to be essentially the doorway that connects heaven, earth, and the underworld. Hmm. So the song is it basically, it sounds like the Antichrist descending onto earth and destroying the earth. And they mentioned how the Kaiba beet trees are being destroyed and poison mist rise. It's very ominous, everything. It's very it's very horror mm-hmm. horrory. Not horror show, not horror core, but it's, these are very horror leaning um, metal albums. Mm-hmm. Um, Ritual is the next song. And that one is very much uh, Heart Sabbath. Yes, very much. Um, so. Speaking of a ritual, of course. And then they do, that's where I noticed they do some Iron Maiden guitar work. And all these songs... I never picked up on that, but... uh... It's not so strong. If you want to get into sort of the idea that Iron Maiden writes largely narrative songs, and all all these songs are narrative in nature, they all tell a little story of some sort. Lamentations is a short song, but it has a really good lyric. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read you the, the, the entirety of the lyrics... For the song, and it is um, this: An old man came and said to me, "I'm your regrets and things you haven't fulfilled. So take my hand and walk with me until the end. I'll whisper in your ear." Ooh. Very poey, poety, <laughs> not poey, poety. And I liked it a lot. And it's like kind of you know, I was like, oh, that's cool. Labyrinth is very good, but it's it's literally about it could be about a fucking Dungeons and Dragons. I mean. <laughs> They talk about the Temple of Evil and the two sna- snakes over two suns, and I think it does relate to maybe Aztec mythology. 
Duna is like this sort of Nadim theme song. It's about the beauty of the desert. Mm. It's the only song that doesn't involve Demons. evil in some way, <laughs> but it might. I don't know. And then finally it enters with liter- liturgy. Liturgy, yeah. Liturgy, which is really showcases their instrument playing. I mean, it's really good musically. It's a good end song. It's a good end yeah. song, yeah. So this, this, this album, really solid. I didn't do it justice. You can't really do it. You need to hear them sing. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the highlight of this band. Like I said, they sing these three-part harmonies, and it's very trance-like, and you, you get the feeling that, you know, if this were a movie, there'd be at least one scene where there is some sort of shenanigans going on, and then there'd be, you find people with their throats slit, and there'd probably be a dancer who was snotty, and she'd end up breaking both her legs or something like that. So, you know, very much makes me want to go to a dance school in Germany, the Freiburg, Germany. No. It reminded me a little bit, as I said, look, like Heart and Sabbath were like the first things yeah. I thought of. But if like the Death Valley Girls just like got metal, like that last album, it kind of reminded me of that last album, yeah. like horror metaled mm-hmm. up almost. I don't know. Yeah, no, it reminded me of a couple of things. I couldn't quite place exactly where they fit. There's some, like I almost hear some like band, like some of the new metal bands like Otap in there or something like that. But new with an unlat and a U. But they, they're really much, I feel like they're very much their own thing. Yeah, they're really cool. I actually want to go back cool. and listen to some of their bands. I listen to some of their older stuff, also really good. I kind of need to circle back. They kind of remind me of that one band I reviewed like a year or two ago, that Electric Citizen or something like yeah. that. Yeah. They kind of, but. I was listening to Electric Citizen uh, They're Thursday. a little different, like. Electric Citizen is much more like heart. Yeah, I would say that and too. And I literally. They're literally, not as metally doomed. Yeah. Throats and, slitting. And I'm talking, like, literally two days ago, That's I was funny. listening to that album. It's a good album. Citizen. If Kabbalah needed a roommate, it would be Chelsea Wolf. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I could and see I think that. Yeah. I would say, attitude-wise, yeah. like, I mean, they don't sound like each other, but no. I could see, you know, because Chelsea Wolf is almost vein-slittingly <laughs> depressing at times. I like Chelsea. But yeah, yeah, very good. Kabbalah. Very glad I didn't. Yeah, seriously, was, yeah. I'm gonna. Have, I have it. I have. I want to buy it. I haven't bought it yet. Which, speaking of which, do you remember uh, when Kabbalah was the big thing in Hollywood? Mm-hmm. Like Madonna. Yeah, and Madonna. Like Rosie O'Donnell, and I think. I remember uh, when Madonna did it. That was like a while ago, though. Uh, yeah. Probably at least fifteen. Madonna came up yet. like twenty times last week for. Really. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, kept coming up. Um, some. Hmm. Of, yeah, I did listen to the. Uh, some of Madonna break. You know, the Material Girl. Mm. I, I love I was, Madonna. We listened. Re-listening to some old, you must remember this is, and there's a two-parter on Madonna. Hmm, and then Madonna that. just literally kept popping up everywhere. Mm, in your dreams. No, Madonna Lastly, EP. Total Rubbish. Yes. Triple Negative. Yes. This actually came out in November last year, but I just stumbled upon it. Um, I was like, I got my New Noise magazine, mm-hmm. and it was like, bands to watch, Total Rubbish Philadelphia. And I was yeah. like, oh, Philly band, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll check them out. And I was like, these guys are awesome. Um, so it's their debut EP. They're kind of alt-rock, they're kind of indie, they're kind of grunge, and they're on Born Loser Records in 2020. Um, they were actually produced by Nick Bassett, who did Nothing, mm-hmm. Deaf Heaven, and World. So anyway, I believe they said that they were influenced by Chicago and California garage rock, mm. and they uh, love the Dandy Warhols, Veruca Salt, and the Velvet Underground. Oh. Um, I think I got that from their band camp. And it's a three-piece, I all women. I like two of those bands. Um, you don't like the Dandy Warhols? I like I half, listen to I the like Dandy so, Warhols. 
you know, I like if you took the Dandy Warhols, the stuff I like from the Dandy Warhols and the stuff I like from Velvet Underground and mashed it together, that would be a band. <laughs> I actually do like Fruit Gasol. Yeah, I like Fruit Gasol too. Every song on this album is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Starts off with someone else's dream, and it, the the very beginning of it, I'm like, this sounds like a fuzzy Cheryl Crow yeah. <laughs> intro. If it makes you happy, it's like straight, mm-hmm. like reminds me of that riff in the very beginning. But it's a little psych, it's a little garage, it's a little shoegazing. You have these like fuzz guitars, these reverb, like monotone vocals with buzzing bass mm-hmm. and drums. Really cool. And I was like, this is good. Ears perked up. Uh, What's Your Damage is probably my favorite song on it. You have these like fuzzy, fuzzy, distorted guitars and vocals. It has that like 90s sub pop alt feel to it. Probably yeah. that Veruca Salt going through or whatever. Very, uh, that's a book, Garage Veruca Salt. Um, I really love the chorus of the ah, ah, ah. It just like hooks you in. Really cool song. Uh, Kid, awesome song. Garage and psych riffs. Like just, it's almost like sailing on a summer high school vibe. Like yeah. there's just something like sweet about it uh-huh. um, and innocent, but then you, it's just really cool. Mm-hmm. Bad Luck Baby, more all like alternative. I really more like rock that's my favorite roll. song, I think. Yeah, I would I say like it's more the, the probably the rock, quote, rock song. Buzzing guitars and booming drums. Really good. Um, Honey Rider was, um, I believe, their first single off this. Like, mm-hmm. And it almost has like an L7 light sound to it. The yeah. music reminds me a little bit of L7. Just the guitar and drum work. Um, yeah, it just reminds me a little bit pretend that you're dead. It's just heavy enough. It's heavy enough, but it has like a slight shoegazing mm-hmm. sound about it too. Uh, undertones to it. So yeah, it had like five songs. Super rad. Super solid EP. Um I, if I didn't know they were out of Philly, I would have thought they came out of that New York scene, like with Surfboard yeah. and like all, like Boy Toy, mm-hmm. all them. Um, but they're not. They're out of um, Philly. And I really dig the whole mm-hmm. package. The music flows well together. It really works. The vocals add to the whole product. And um, I cannot wait to see more out of this band. Yeah, I love this uh, album. It was great. Right yeah. Alley. They reminded me a bit of Gloria, or not Gloria Jean, uh, Olivia Jean, if you remember her. Olivia Jean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, sort of. They really remind me of, and it's funny, so everything you used to describe that first song, those could all be literally like tags on Bandcamp to describe the first Chastity Belt album. Oh, I guess The yeah. one that's like different than the mm-hmm. others, and if you've never heard that album, listen to that, or at least like the yeah. first song and the last song of that album, and yeah, they sound a lot like that, which is kind of shoegazy, kind of surfy. When I listened to this, I was like, I think Lou will like this. I thought Mark would like it, too. I don't think Mark's listened to it yet. But I thought it'd be up your alley. But I think it's a really good release. I think it's really cool. And they're from Philly. So total rubbish. Uh, triple negative. Yeah. Good shit. So I, I sort of attempted to review one more album. Okay. Because it's, again, this is our April Fool's Day. Oh, I forgot. And, you know, once or twice. Oh, I'm drinking poison hot dogs. Oh, April like your Fools. diarrhea dogs at the Eagles game. Like, no. So we meet Lou. Go I to did a, not have diarrhea at all. Lou and I go to a, a preseason Eagles game. Yes, and we get the, like you obviously you get to Eagles games early. Kind of, I don't know. No, we took public transportation, so yeah. it's pretty easy to get down. Well, there. once we figured out what we're what we like, were doing, yeah, yeah, we took the subway and stuff. So anyway, I swear they must have like just. Put this hot dog on the roller as soon as Lou and I walk up. Like yeah, we got yeah. The, the, like the it still had pig ears on it. Lou's like, "Oh, can I have a hot dog?" And the dude just like looks like you can just tell like they're not even cooked yet. 
And I was like, well, they're all kind of And the dude just kind of looks at you. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, what hot dog? And uh, do you want anything? And I think when you turn back to look at me, the guy was like, what the fuck? And I was like, nah, I'm good. Like, maybe I got a pretzel from here or a beer. I don't remember. And... Dude's like, there you go. And I'm like, dude, you're going to eat that diarrhea dog? Like, I just teased Lou about funny, it. I have a funny addendum to that. I didn't get diarrhea at all. didn't cause any problems. Up until you told this story this very moment, I didn't realize that that hot dog might not have been cooked. I literally thought you were just being like, no! bust from a balls. I literally had no fucking idea. Why do you think I said that? I thought you just said it to be funny. <laughs> Not like this. Half our conversations involve pooping. Well, okay. That is funny. You see, you should have believed me because I worked at the gas station for yeah. a long time where I put hot dogs on every morning. So I know what a damn hot dog looks like when mm. you first put it on the roller. Well, and this one, I don't even, I think they just turned on the roller. No harm. I don't <laughs> think the red was light fine. was on. No harm, no foul. Hot dogs are basically cooked anyway. Um, it was anyway. like squealing. I was like, Wah! Wah! It's like, oh my uh, god. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, uh. What Well, I want to talk about a movie I saw, but I did try to. I was going to review oh, yes. an album. It's like that I wouldn't typically review. This sort of the April Fool's Day thing. Oh. So I attempted. Mm-hmm. Attempted to review Darkness on the Edge of Town by Bruce Springsteen. Um, how far did you get? Uh, like two songs then. <laughs> So here's my revelation on Bruce Springsteen. Other than I, there's just I just don't like Bruce Springsteen, and I did give it another good try. Every couple of years, I give it a try. Mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen is postmodern classic fifties rock. It's very much what it is. It is them taking those classic themes, you know, like the yeah, saxophone and stuff, right, yeah. and changing it up. And I feel like that's one of the reasons that resonates with a certain generation. Yeah, um, and it's I just don't like. I don't really care for his music. Like, I don't care. I don't... I, it's not even on my radar. It's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like him as a person. Yeah, he's a very nice yeah. Yes. Not that I know him personally. The fact that he swoops down like some sort of rock and roll superhero. Yeah, like, yeah. I just think he seems like a cool dude. I'm just not into his music. But, yeah. Yeah. I know I watched... It might have been like one of, you know, one of those shows about like decades. So it was like... Mm-hmm. So like I think like, in, like the 90s, 80s. On the 70s... On the music episode of the 70s, the two big revelations are, one, Ringo Starr is fucking ripped in the 70s <laughs> because they show him and George Harrison doing that concert for Tibet and he's just like, he's drumming and yeah, he's like fucking like cut. But the other thing is there's like concert footage of a youngish Bruce Springsteen. He was hot when he was younger. He was and I was like, you know, other than the fucking music, that legitimately looks like a fun yeah. show because it's like a bar show. I read something... And other than this, well, hold up. Let me back up. One last song. It's yeah. not even his fucking lyrics. It's the fucking... The band. The E Street. Yeah, it all sounds the same. Ooh. Clarence Clement's gonna play the saxophone. Someone's gonna do a bell thing. And it's be like... Ding, 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 ding. Every well, maybe song. it harkens back to just like, you know, using a whole band. You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I read something either on Facebook or for Instagram. I don't remember. And it was like, what if the piano man... Is about he was playing at a gay bar, mm-hmm. and he didn't realize it was a gay bar, and it would make more sense like Davy going to the Navy, <laughs> and then they're like, "What the hell are you doing here?" Like yeah. all these lyrics, if you put it to like a gay bar, it gives it like a whole different meaning. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, that's kind of interesting. interesting." Yeah, pretty interesting. So, 
I watched a movie. What'd you watch? I'm gonna tell you about it. Okay. Let me get notes. I watched it several weeks ago. I was in Target doing my shopping. Some shopping. I'm going through like pages upon pages on notes on the effects of cannabis on male and female fertility, by the way. Mm. I use I have a multi purpose legal pad. Okay. So I went to I went to Target. I always do the long loop around past the video section. Well, the DVD section. Yes. Saw this particular one. I was like, eh. Walked Chicks away. with dicks. Buy that right away. That's weird at Target. <laughs> dicks with chicks. It's about a bunch of bros. Bunch of fucking chads and... Uh, that are detectives with little baby chicks. <laughs> no. That'd be even worse. Dicks with chicks. Watch as they all like, oh, I got the, It's going to be our, our uh, cash, cash cow. I'm not going to go... I have a tangent to go on. I'm not going to go on it here. It'll be for after because it'd be just for me and you. I ignored this movie. Mm-hmm. Could not stop thinking about it. Mm. Uh, the next day I went to Target and bought it. That movie? The very excellent Mr. Dundee. Uh, Crocodile Dundee? Yes. Starring okay. Paul Hogan. Well, sort of. New, oh, you were telling something. me about this. This again. is a new Crocodile Dundee movie. 2020. Oh, okay. And I did not see that. No. You're lucky. <laughs> And I actually bought it in part specifically so I could talk about it on the podcast. Okay. As filler. It takes place in a world where Paul Hogan, playing a version of himself, is both completely irrelevant and so recognizable that anything he does makes TMZ instantly. Mm. And it like opens with he's on a hike and these people see him and there's like a snake and they, they ask him to, you know, get the snake because he's crocodile he's crocodile Dundee, quote unquote. And it's this really bad CGI snake that he picks up and ends up throwing on like some Cub Scouts. That starts the comedy of errors that is Mr. Dundee. Mm. So Paul Hogan has been uh, asked to become a knight oh, by the Queen of England. <laughs> Consequently suffers a, you know, series of errors. This sounds pretty amazing. It's, it's pretty, yeah. It's, um, they, they take special pains... In the beginning, mm-hmm. to tell you about his career before Crocodile Dundee, because he was on—he was like on the Paul Hogan show. He was on basically the Australian equivalent of SNL okay. for 14 years. About four times in the first 10 minutes, different people say tell you that Crocodile Dundee, Crocodile Dundee is the most successful independent film ever made. Okay, which I don't know if that's even true. <laughs> I have no idea. Then, honestly, the most successful independent film ever made is Star Wars. Mm. Um, I believe because what Star movie? Wars is largely an independent film. What? And I never heard of it. It's uh, you wouldn't understand. Uh, okay. It's like dinosaurs and shit. Okay. Paul Hogan is he wants to become a knight. Originally, he doesn't want to become a knight. Besides, he wants to become a knight because his granddaughter, who lives in Australia is at a new school and she's having trouble making friends. This movie sounds awful. Oh, it's great. It's all, it's, it is unbelievably bad. He's trying to be on his best behavior and he just keeps fucking up. It's a comedy of errors, like I said. His agent, for some reason, is still trying to get work for him. Mm-hmm. They essentially do the same joke twice in different parts of the movie, which amounts to uh, people misunderstanding Paul Hogan and thinking he's racist. Now, the first time is he goes in for a casting call to make, like, a new Crocodile Dundee movie, and they want to cast Will Smith as his son. Uh-huh. 
And, of course, once he points out that Will Smith is African-American, they all lose their shit on him, and they're like, you're racist. And that makes TMZ. The second time is his good friend Olivia Newton-John, mm. who's in the movie, invites him to a fundraiser, a, a Greece-themed fundraiser for, a, like, a school. And across the street is... Kylie Minogue. No, it's basically the Black the BET Awards. Okay, it's something like that. So he thinks he's talking about this talent show for these like young kids, and everyone thinks he's talking about the effort like the all these black performers. Mm -hmm. And so he's he's labeled super racist and patronizing, and so on and so forth. His son, who lives with him, is operating a dance club in the house, but that's never explained. Uh, Wayne Knight. You know, Newman yeah. shows up to live at his house. I don't know why. <laughs> um, John Cleese is an Uber driver. He's John Cleese. He plays himself, but he's also an Uber driver. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah you're getting a picture. Um, he, um, what else? Like, I, I literally cannot believe how bad this was. Uh, was it as good as that one police academy in Moscow? Never see that. Before. Yes, I just saw it in the theater. Actually. Oh, oh, oh! I forgot. So there's two. Oh, like there's a scene where there's a cro there's a crocodile Dundee Hollywood impersonator, and somehow like he's more famous than Crocodile Dundee. There are two jokes in the movie that legitimately made me laugh out loud. Mm -hmm. One is he's talking to his granddaughter. At that point, he had rejected being a knight, but he lies to her. He says, you know, he's like, oh, no, I am going to be a knight. So his gardener, who's just sitting at the table drinking you know, like a beer, just goes, what a wicked web we weave. And it's just funny in context. The other one is to approve, improve Paul Hogan's image mm -hmm. after the BET fiasco. There, he has to meet Chevy Chase. For some reason. Okay. And I don't know why, like, I actually rewound it twice. I was like, did I just miss something? No. No, they're like, you have to meet Chevy Chase. Now, the thing that's funny there is Chevy Chase just lies and says he's, he's he has an Oscar. So you start hearing it from different people. People just believe he has an Oscar for, like, Fletch. <laughs> so that was a little funny. But, yeah, this movie makes no fucking sense. The, the situations he's in are so ridiculous. He has to eventually... Take John Travolta's place on stage at the fundraiser and sing um, the Shamalaba. Uh, you're the one that I want. Or no. You're the woman I want. And he gets in a fight with like some couple from Tulsa, Oklahoma. That yeah, sounds like a gem. They have all this footage. Other Australian celebrities just from random interviews, and it's kind of cut to make it look like they're talking about him. <laughs> it's really bad. It is unbelievably bad. It is. Just mind-boggling. <laughs> now, it does have a happy ending. Oh, well, that's good. Well, don't ruin it. Uh, <laughs> uh, you have anything else you want to talk about, Jamie? I think I'm pretty good. Mm. I can't really think of anything. Yeah. yeah. That'll be it for this exciting episode. Exciting. And then uh, I guess our next one will be in April. After April Fool's. Yes. When yeah, you're yeah. eating diarrhea dogs and shit. I, don't I think. still can't believe you didn't do that. I did it until like literally Ugh. at this point 20 minutes ago. I was like squealing. Mind is blown. <laughs> it was right. a good hot dog, by the way. Yeah, I'm sure it's, it's your teeth sunk right in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> the anyway. skin wasn't even cooked yet. 
It was fine. All right, everyone. Bye. Bye. You ever see the Conan O'Brien sketch attack of the telepathic baby chicks? No. And it's just like Conan and Andy Richter clutching their hats going, these chicks are in their minds. They're reading our minds. And they'll cut to just these like little peeps just pecking. It's like hilarious. Anyway, you guys didn't hear that because I just cut it all out. So...